0: SECTION 27 OF HISTORY OF EGYPT, CHALDEA, SYRIA, BABYLONIA, AND ASSYRIA, VOLUME 3 BY GASTON MASPERO. READ for LibriVox.org INTO THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. CHAPTER 2. THE TEMPLES AND THE GODS OF CHALDEA, PART 14. These souls were not so securely isolated from humanity that the inhabitants of the world were not at times tempted to rejoin them before their last hour had come. Just as Gilgamesh had dared of old the dangers of the desert and the ocean, in order to discover the island of Kassasodra. So Atana darted through the air in order to ascend to the sky of Anu, to become incorporated while still living in the choir of the Blessed. The legend gives an account of his friendship with the eagle of Shamash, and of the many favors he had obtained from and rendered to the bird. It happened at last that his wife could not bring forth the sun which lay in her womb. The hero, addressing himself to the eagle, "'ask from her the plant which alleviates the birth pangs of women "'and facilitates their delivery. "'This was only to be found, however, in the heaven of Anu. "'And how could any one run the risk of mounting so high "'without being destroyed on the way by the anger of the gods? "'The eagle takes pity upon the sorrow of his comrade "'and resolves to attempt the enterprise with him. "'Friend,' she says, "'banish the cloud from thy face. "'Come, and I will carry thee to the heaven of the god Anu. "'Place thy breast against my breast.' Place thy two hands upon the pinions of my wings. Place thy side against my side. He places his breast against the breast of the eagle. He places his two hands upon the pinions of the wings. He places his side against her side. He adjusts himself firmly, and his weight was great. The Chaldean artists have more than once represented the departure of the hero. They exhibit him closely attached to the body of his ally, and holding her in a strong embrace. A first flight has already lifted them above the earth and the shepherds scattered over the country are stupefied at the unaccustomed sight. One announces the prodigy to another, while their dogs, seated at their feet, extend their muzzles as if in the act of howling with terror. For the space of a double hour the eagle bore him. Then the eagle spake to him, to him Etana, Behold, my friend, the earth what it is. Regard the sea which the ocean contains. See, the earth is no more than a mountain, and the sea is no more than a lake. The space of a second double hour she bore him, then the eagle spake to him, to him Etana, behold, my friend, the earth what it is, the sea appears as the girdle of the earth. The space of a third double hour she bore him, then the eagle spake to him, to him Etana, see, my friend, the earth what it is, the sea is no more than the rivulet made by a gardener. They at length arrive at the heaven of Anu, and rest there for a moment. Etana sees around him nothing but empty space, no living thing within it, not even a bird. He is struck with terror, but the eagle reassures him, and tells him to proceed on his way to the heaven of Ishtar. Come, my friend, let me bear thee to Ishtar, and I will place thee near Ishtar the lady, and at the feet of Ishtar the lady thou shalt throw thyself. Place thy side against my side, place thy hands on the pinions of my wings. The space of a double hour she bore them. Friend, behold the earth what it is. The face of the earth stretches out quite flat. The sea is no greater than a mere. THE SPACE OF A SECOND DOUBLE HOUR SHE BORE HIM. FRIEND, BEHOLD THE EARTH, WHAT IT IS. THE EARTH IS NO MORE THAN A SQUARE PLOT IN A GARDEN, AND THE GREAT SEA NOT GREATER THAN A PUDDLE OF WATER. AT THE THIRD HOUR ETANA LOST COURAGE AND CRIED, STOP, AND THE EAGLE IMMEDIATELY DESCENDED AGAIN. BUT ETANA'S STRENGTH BEING EXHAUSTED, HE LET GO HIS HOLD, AND WAS DASHED TO PIECES ON THE GROUND. THE EAGLE ESCAPED UNHURT THIS TIME, BUT SHE SOON SUFFERED A MORE PAINFUL DEATH THAN THAT OF ETANA. She was at war with the serpent, though the records which we as yet possess do not vouchsafe the reason, when she discovered in the roots of a tree the nest in which her enemy concealed its brood. She immediately proposed to her young ones to pounce down upon the growing snakes. One of her eaglets, wiser than the rest, reminded her that they were under the protection of Shamas, the great rider of wrongs, and cautioned her against any transgression of the divine laws. The old eagle felt herself wiser than her son, And rebuked him after the manner of wise mothers. She carried away the serpent's young and gave them as food to her own brood. The hissing serpent crawled as far as Shamash, crying for vengeance. The evil she has done me, Shamash, behold it! Come to my help, Shamash. Thy net is as wide as the earth. Thy snares reach to the distant mountain. Who can escape thy net? The criminal Zu, Zu who was the first to act wickedly, did he escape it? Shamash refused to interfere personally but he pointed out to the serpent an artifice by which he might satisfy his vengeance as securely as if Shamash himself had accomplished it. Set out upon the way, ascend the mountain, and conceal thyself in a dead bull. Make an incision in his inside, tear open his belly, take up thy abode, establish thyself in his belly. All the birds of the air will pounce upon it, and the eagle herself will come with them, ignorant that thou art within it. She will wish to possess herself of the flesh, she will come swiftly." she will think of nothing but the entrails within. As soon as she begins to attack the inside, seize her by her wings, beat down her wings, the pinions of her wings, and her claws, tear her, and throw her into the ravine of the mountain, that she may die there a death of hunger and thirst. The serpent did as Shamash advised, and the birds of the air began to flock round the carcass in which she was hidden. The eagle came with the rest, and at first kept aloof, looking for what should happen." when she saw that the birds flew away unharmed, all fear left her. In vain did the wise eaglet warn her of the danger that was lurking within the prey. She mocked at him and his predictions, dug her beak into the carrion, and the serpent leaped out, seizing her by the wing. The eagle her mouth opened, and spake unto the snake, Have mercy upon me, and according to thy pleasure a gift I will lavish upon thee. The snake opened her mouth, and spake unto the eagle, Did I release thee, Shamash would take part against me, the doom would fall upon me, which I now fulfill upon thee. She tore out her wings, her feathers, her pinions. She tore her to pieces. She threw her into a cleft, and there she died a death of hunger and of thirst. The gods allowed no living being to penetrate with impunity into their empire. He who was desirous of ascending thither, however brave he might be, could do so only by death. The mass of humanity had no pretensions to mount so high. Their religion gave them the choice between a perpetual abode in the tomb, or confinement in the prison of Alat. If at times they strove to escape from these alternatives, and to picture otherwise their condition in the world beyond, their ideas as to the other life continued to remain vague, and never approached the minute precision of the Egyptian conception. The cares of the present life were too absorbing to allow them leisure to speculate upon the conditions of a future existence. End of Part 27 Read by Professor Heather by For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit... LibriVox.org.